0: Good morning and welcome. Thank you so much for joining in and being a part of the ministry today. I've been praying and talking to God and I believe that He's given me a word of encouragement to you. That's the reason why I'm here is to encourage you and to give you hope. That's right. Ministry is about taking God's Word, His anointing, His love, and sharing it with someone else. Not just verbally, but in deeds and actions as well. I'm coming to you from my home today, and I will be explaining in just a moment why I'm not in my chapel and we're not preaching and having regular service there. I'll explain that to you in just a moment. But as people are coming on, I want us to come in agreement. Whatever your needs may be, wherever you are, whether you're uh, in, in the United States, Canada, or in our time zone, I want to say good morning to you, you that are in the, a, a different time zone, if it's afternoon or night, I pray God's blessings upon you. So let's join together. Open your mind, open your heart, and I would appreciate it if, if you would not just be watching me part the way. You know, maybe you get got your phone and you're looking at a nap or you're looking at someone else and trying to be a part. Why don't you just focus for the next few minutes as I'm here ministering the Word of God and put the distractions down. Maybe you're cooking or something at the same time. Can you just take this few minutes and let's come together and let us worship the, the Lord and let us be positive in our faith and expect something good to happen in these next few minutes. Father, as we come to you according to your word, you said let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy or favor in the time of need. Lord, it is a time of need, not only in the United States of America, but around the world. We need you, Jesus, as we've never needed you before. We need you to open the eyes and the minds and the hearts of the people that they can see who you are, and expect your power to be manifested in their life. God, I ask that great revelation will be brought, healing will be brought, deliverance will be brought, souls will be saved, lost loved ones will come to you, Lord, and mothers that are praying, fathers that are praying, children that are praying for their parents, God, whoever is praying believing, their faith will be inspired. Today, in Jesus' mighty name, we pray, amen and amen. Now, I want to tell you why I'm, from, uh, I'm ministering to you from my home today. And, and, you know, we Texans have been in a week of turmoil, dilemma, pain. So many, many thousands upon thousands of Texans are suffering. We had the worst Time in cold weather in the history of the state of Texas. It has just been in this part of Texas. and North Texas we had two below zero. Two below zero. And then we had several inches of snow. These two things just does not happen in North Texas. They do not happen at the same time. It's never happened like this before. And of course, you that have been watching the news and you that are from Texas, you understand what I'm talking about. However, when the temperature went down, there was not enough power. Our power plants could not produce enough power. So therefore, first of all, they started rotating the power. They would give people power for two hours and turn it off for six, two and turn it off Uh, for six and then finally that still didn't work and so they just had to black out many people and take away their power totally so therefore their homes became uh, very very cold some got down into the freezing and, and of course their pipes in their house froze and now that they're the, the heat is beginning to come back and the the power is back on the home. Many that had frozen pipes now have flood damage. I know my daughter. My daughter was staying with us through the blackout because we fortunately had power in our home. We only lost it two two hours in all the days that where people were suffering so badly. My daughter's ceiling caved in when the power came back on. The floors were ruined. Her hardwood and. Her their carpet is ruined and not able to stay in their homes. So this is the case of thousands upon thousands of thousands. And so I want you to pray for the Texans. And now I'll explain what happened to us. In our building, the pipes froze in our building because the power was totally out. There was no power and it got so cold the pipes froze and when the pipes froze then, obviously, when it got up above freezing, no one knew that, and no one was there. And so the water ran for hours into our building. The water ran for hours literally into our building, into our chapel, into our office spaces, and, and it damaged so much we don't even know what the damage is. We have, we're still assessing the damage, trying to get the water out, trying to get it where we can actually even get in. So I want you to pray for Experienced Life Church. We don't know what our insurance will cover yet, if it will. So we're going to need your prayer. And last week, where we're not able to be in the building, and this week, we're not. And, and I just want to say to you, pray for us that God will supply our needs. According to his riches and glory. I'm just giving you an update of what happened. Uh, and, and when things happen, you know, as a man of God, as a child of God, I can't sit around and cry the blues. You know, crying the blues doesn't change what happened. And many people, when they go through bad circumstances, they start complaining and saying, where is God? Well, God has given me the strength. He's given everyone involved in this situation that will call on him. He's given us the strength to rise up, hold our heads up, and realize uh, Grace uh, or, or Experience Life Church, my daughter, all the different ones, my son was here uh... david because he had no power so we all was in my house well i'm not complaining i'm just explaining and telling you that when something goes wrong that's not the time to complain but that's the time just to just go ahead and shout and praise god and say god you're my source and you'll make a way where there is no way you say, well, I'll tell you one thing. If I was in that situation or you that may be in the situation that's listening to me, I'm not going to praise God. Well, that's the time to shout the praises of God. I did when there was, you know, when I couldn't get out of my house, we couldn't do anything because of the ice and the snow and the cold temperatures, the shelves in the grocery stores was almost empty, the gas stations was closed, the restaurants was closed. You know, on and on, I could go on and say and all of the bad things that happened. Well, we didn't sit here and complain about it. And we just went ahead and rejoiced and praised God. And then when we could get out and go to the grocery store, we didn't just get piles and piles of groceries because we knew there was other people that needed help. So we got an adequate supply. I know in some of the grocery stores, they had to start Uh, limiting maybe two of each each item because people would come through with crates of all kinds thinking of themselves. Well, you know, I had to think of people uh, all over Texas that was suffering and so when we went into the grocery store we didn't want to just pile our buggy full even though we had a house full. We wanted to get enough to sustain us because we knew one way or the other there'd be other trucks that would come and they would restock the shelves. Well, Some of them are still not restocked yet, but you know what? We're still doing good. We're still okay. God is taking care of us. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but go with you to the end of the world. So I'm not crying. You know, one of the men in our church, when we were down at the building the other day, uh, uh, looking at all the stuff, trying to get the water out and and all the things that we were doing. He looked and he said, you know, Pastor Don and Sharon's, he said, you know, They had uh, the power out. They had their children there. They had this. They had that and now this. And they're not complaining. And I just said, well, why complain? This is the time to rejoice because what Satan has meant for our harm, God is turning it around for our good. Now, I don't know how he's going to do that. I don't know how he's going to do that. Just like in the United States of America, everything that's going on in the politics and these that are, are doing the that things that are wrong and evil you know i don't know how god's going to turn things around but i want to tell you something that the left think they've won this fight You can't fight against God and win. You know, they're taking away our rights. They're taking away all kinds of things. They're bringing in uh, illegals and want to make them uh, automatic citizens and take care of them on on Medicare or whatever it is they do. You know what? Even all of this confusion that's going on in the United States of America, I'm not weary. The Bible says, don't be weary in well-doing, for you will reap if you don't. Don't think, you know, you that have children that are lost, don't give up on them. You that's got a spouse that that's lost, don't give up on them. Don't give up. That's my that's my words for you today. I'm I'm sitting here and we're dealing with a lot of issues and still paying our staff, even though our finances in the last two weeks has probably been the worst they've ever been. But you know what? Even though that our finances has been so low and, and and the money has not yet come in, I'm not sitting here whining one bit. I'm rejoicing because the Bible says in Philippians four nineteen, My God shall supply all of your needs, and I'm gonna say my needs according to his riches in glory. How is he going to do that? I have no idea. I don't know how God's going to do it, but I know one thing. The God that I serve has never failed me. And so my prayer for you today, for for everyone, I should say, that desires a real revelation to understand who God really is, will have their eyes open. And see, that's what I want to focus on today. Open our eyes that we might see. Just think about that and say it out loud. Lord, open my eyes that I might see. See, right now, I'm seeing beyond this problem. You know, just like, you know, we called, we called all of these companies to try to come and help us get, uh, we tried all these companies to try to come and help us get the water out and uh, lessen as much damage as we could. Every number we call there was no one, no one even to this moment, all of the companies that we've called, not a one of them has called us back to help us. Why? Because they're out doing business for so many other people so many people are suffering and so many people are hurting. So why should I sit here and gripe and complain that you can't get anybody they're out helping other people so I I just want you to understand that God will get your eyes open and let me tell you something, I see our chapel restored. I see our chapel restored better than it was when this happened. You watch and see. Somehow, somehow, some way, God's got a miracle. Well, God may even speak to you to send $10,000. You know, we, we got a switcher. We we, we need a switcher that's $8,000. We got some of our equipment. I don't know if the insurance is going to pay on uh, some of our equipment that was damaged or not. I don't know that. But anyway, all I know is that somehow when we rebuild, when we rebuild, construct, what you're going to see is going to be more beautiful. It's going to be more exciting. You're going to enjoy the atmosphere of what God is going to restore. My eyes is open. I ask God to open your eyes. You ask God. You may be in the middle of a problem. You, You may be starting in a problem. You may be finishing a problem, but wherever you are, keep your eyes on Jesus because he said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, but I'll go with you to the end of the world. Now as I said my prayer for you today or for everyone that really desires a real revelation to understand who God really is, that your eyes will be open to God's love. You know when you when you you know the Bible said perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love cast out your fear. I have God's love so I'm not fearful of all the things that's going on around me and even I'm not fearful of what's happening in our government. You know the person that's in the in the White House today that uh, they say is the president. You know I, I i 'm not fearful of what the people around him are telling him what to do, and all of the executive orders that he 's signing that is detrimental to you, the believer, to everyone on the, this this planet, some of the executive orders that he 's out but i 'm not fearful today because my eyes is opened, and I see God looking after his children, and god 's going to take us through this one way or the other. You just watch there 's some big miracles that's about to happen you know all of this snow and all of this freeze and everything that went through All of these states, not just Texas, but many states it went through. There was a a prophet of God that prophesied all of this before it ever happened. Now, I didn't know it was going to happen to us. And I don't know of anything that I could have done to prepare better for this. I don't know anything I could have done because I didn't know when it was coming. And even when they started predicting the cold weather, I don't know of anything I could have done. But you know what? One thing about it, I have the Word of God. I have the word of God and it says the entrance, it says in Psalms, Psalms 119 verse 130, he said the entrance of your word gives light and understanding to the open-minded. Be open-minded to God right now. Whatever your situation, whatever your problem, if I'm speaking to someone in Texas right now or Mississippi or any of the states where, where you in catastrophe, God is your source and he will make a way where there is no way. So I want to tell you once again that the entrance of God's word is light. Then he said that God's word over in verse 89, he said, forever your word is settled in heaven. So God's word is settled. So settle it in your heart so that God can open your eyes and you can see through the darkness. You can see through the mountain. You can see through the valley. You can see to the other side and know that everything that you're facing is only temporarily. I tell people every trial has a chef life. I want to say it again. Every trial has a chef life. See, we will get through this. We're going through it, but listen what I'm saying. We're going, we're going through it. We're not stuck in it. Don't get stuck in your problem. Don't get stuck in doubt. Don't get stuck in unbelief. Remember, perfect love casts out fear. You don't have to fear. Well, what am I going to do? Which way am I going to turn? I don't know what to tell you, which way to turn. uh, Because if you turn, the Bible tells us don't turn right or turn left, but stay focused on Jesus Christ. Now, I said that my prayer for every one of you that desires a real revelation of God's Word and who He really is in you, that He will open your eyes to His love or your, your understanding to His love of how powerful His love is. That, that I, I said in one of the recent... Uh, Times I was ministering, that even when a sparrow falls to the ground, God sees that, and He said, "How much more valuable are you to him than the sparrow? And God knows the hairs of your head, so hold your head up today. Be encouraged today, and know that Jesus is Lord. So I pray God open their eyes to your love, to your goodness, to your gentleness, to your uh, wisdom. To your power and His forgiveness. Yes, yes. You know, what good is it if, if someone has hurt you or someone has done you wrong? What good is it to hold unforgiveness in your heart? Did you know you're not hurting them? You're not hurting them if you're holding on to unforgiveness. You're only holding yourself and limited your visibility. You can see because you're living through unforgiveness. You're living through what someone did to you. No matter what has been done to you, by the grace of God, you can forgive them. Now, that does not relieve them of their responsibility. And whatever they sow, they will reap. Now, think about this. You are forgiving them so that they're no longer controlling your life. Lord, I just pray, open their eyes and let them see what I'm saying. That one that's holding forgiveness, that one that's, that, that, that is just holding on to this. And so I'm, I, I hear people, hell will freeze over before I'll forgive them. Well, unforgiveness doesn't help you. It doesn't help you at all. It doesn't do a thing to them. They just keep going on with their life, and they're controlling you as long as you say and and do things like this. You say, but, Pastor, you don't know the evil and the harm and the hurt they did to me. You know, I really don't. But again, what they did, what they did to you, if you let it happen, keep it inside of you, you start living out of that, so you block God's, if you're a Christian, you block what's in your recreated spirit. It can't flow through your emotions. It can't flow through your, uh, 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 your, your, your thinking because you're so bound. You're so tied up to what someone has done, the hurt, the wrong they've done to you. Let it go and let God deal with them because the scripture said, whatever you sow, they will reap. Now, It may not be overnight, it may not be uh, next week, it may not be next month. And then when they start reaping, don't gloat. Don't gloat and say, ah, they're getting what they deserve. No, just learn, leave it alone. Go on and love God. See, I want you to see beyond the hurt. See beyond what they did. See beyond and say, I got a better life. What they've done to me, I'm, I'm, it, it, what they've done to me, the hurt they've done to me, the wrong they've done to me, God is going to take me beyond where they are. God is going to let God open their eyes right now and let them see holding on to that pain and that unforgiveness forgiveness, that's only keeping them stuck. I want you to open your eyes and see beyond where you are right now. See, let God show you how he, he can help you and you can endure anything that comes. His mercy, his faithfulness, and his protection. Now, I want you to remember this. I want you to remember that God will somehow protect you. He'll wrap His arms around you and He'll protect you. No. Uh, He didn't stop the storm. Uh, A a lot of people's houses were damaged. Uh, A a lot of things happened here in the state of Texas, but God protected the people that called on him one way or the other. God protected him. I had a great friend that called me last night and he said, you know, we lost power, but I had a fireplace. And he said, I had some big logs and I put these big logs on my fireplace. And he said, "I, uh, I have a big recliner. And he said, I got my wife uh, the, sh- the chair in front of the fireplace. And he said, I wrapped her up in the blankets, and she stayed warm all night long. And he said, I, I, I wrapped myself up near the fireplace, and I just was okay. See, God's got a way of getting us through. Just like in the United States of America, God's got a way of getting all of these dark Things that this administration or they say they're our administration. Uh, uh, you know, I've not acknowledged them or congratulated them and refused to because I don't believe that they won fairly. I, I think they, they, they did underhanded things. And so I still am not acknowledging them as my administration. I know they're there. I know they're making decisions. And we see the foolish thing they did of trying to... Uh, trying to impeach a person they say is no longer the president. Now how dumb is that? How dumb is that? Now I know I'm going to make somebody mad and get in trouble, but why would a government, why would a government waste millions of dollars on a trial on a person they say is no longer having any political power and authority or, or no, uh, elect, uh, that he is no longer a part of government. Why would they even, why would a logical mind, a thinking mind, say we're going to try them in the court and impeach a person that's a private citizen, they say? Well, this is what's going on in our world, and that's why I'm saying let's see beyond this. I'm telling you, God's got a tray he's about to serve the United of America. God's got a trade that he's about to put into the hands of the Americans. And the 75 million Americans and millions of Americans that's prayed over the United States and prayed over our government. I'm telling you right now, we're not stuck where we are right now. Something is in the spirit that's moving. God opened their eyes that they can see with me and agree with me and pray with me that their eyes will be open and they will see you're going to take us through. they not going to uh, bring damnation upon us by their decisions that they're making. God, they can't bring damnation upon us because you're the God of healing, you're the God of health, you're the God of deliverance, and somehow you're taking us through this journey and we are the remnant, yes, it's the remnant church, it's the remnant church, I don't use that word very often, but we must rise up and see beyond where we are right now. And remember that Satan is, is over all the evil that's being done, all the evil. And I'll just say this, and I know I, I repeat it, and, and, and it's not the only thing that I have in my mind, but, but killing babies? I mean, laws to kill babies, what is that, you know, what is, why why could a person in government even make it possible that this can be law to kill unborn babies that they have no chance to survive or live. So this is one evil that I see through that God is going to help us and many other things God's going to help the United States of America and we're rising. The people that are praying, don't stop praying, see the other side, see the other side. You know, as I said, Satan is the author of evil. And remember, he is the one, he is the one that became jealous and wanted to become equal with God. Remember, Satan was the worship leader in heaven. He was called Lucifer, but he was the what was called the he was the worship leader. But he he exalted himself. He wanted to be equal with God. But you know what God said? There is none but one God. And I want you to remind. I want to remind you. There may be people in the United States with and the world that's got billions and billions of dollars, but there's only one God. There may be people with all kinds of power and all wealth, but there's only one God. I want to say it the third time. There may be people that are exalted, and it looks like they're in control, and they, look, they may think their wealth is going to make them have control, but there is only one God. And when you start messing with God, and when you start getting into God's business, there is going to be, you know, the Bible said the pride, pride goes before a fall. Pride goes before a fall. So those that's raised up in pride, <clears throat> with all of their wealth and influence and power, <laughs> get ready because God says, if "Blessed are the humble." Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I want to say it again. Blessed are the meek, blessed are the humble, for they shall inherit the earth. So I'm speaking to you today and telling you, God open their eyes that they see. America is not going down the tube. We're not going down. We're going forward. God is making a way where there is no way. And so as I said, Abel. Satan is the author of evil. He took a a third of the angels with him. When he was cast out of heaven, there was a third of his angels that was cast out and they became his cohorts, his demons that tempt you and I, that roam throughout the earth seeking what he may get in to do and damage and confuse us and hurt us in any way. Whatever Satan has done... Remember, he was in heaven. He had everything, but he was brought low, and now he's jealous. He's angry at God, and you're the closest thing to God. That's why he attacks you. That's why he tries to hurt you. That's why he tries to discourage you, because he hates God. He's angry at God. He's jealous at God. He knows he's forever doomed. He knows what his end is. I've read the back of the book, and he's going to be cast into the lake of fire, him and his demons, and his demons and cohorts is going out trying to tempt you, trying to harass you, trying to hurt you, you know but I'm telling you, greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world and if God be for you, who can be against you see uh, Satan is not the winner in this battle Satan is not the winner in this battle it was won by the Father and Jesus Christ. When Jesus came, gave his life, shed his blood, died on the cross, went into hell, and was raised from death to life, the battle was won. The veil in the temple was rent. There no longer had to be a high priest that went into the uh, Holy of Holies and represent you. the Father. Now you come directly to God. You have the right to come directly to God. And when you come directly to God, you come in the name of Jesus. That's right. You come in the name of Jesus. And and I want to tell you something. When you come in the name of Jesus, this is what the Bible has instructed us to do. It says, uh, until now, you've asked nothing in my name. But whatever you ask in my name, he will give it that your joy might be full. So it's time to get your joy full. You're coming through this. You're coming through this. You're coming through this. I want your eyes to be open to see. So let me read you just a passage of scripture here and give the explanation for it. And then I want to show you what, what God can help you do. Now this comes from Second Kings chapter 6 verse 15 through 17 and this is in the New Living Translation and it said when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside there were troops horses chariots everywhere oh sir what will we do now the young man cried to Elisha but Elisha said don't be afraid for there are more on our side than theirs. Let me read that again. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes and when he looked up he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire." Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Now let me give you just a little bit of history of why this was happening. The king of Aram was coming against the children of Israel and every time he set up an ambush to hurt and harm the children of Israel, God would speak to Elisha to tell the king, don't go that way. If you go that way, Aram has got an ambush set up for you and he wants to destroy you. He wants to surprise you. See, Satan's always trying to surprise you through unscheduled events. Just like here in Texas, we've had a great unscheduled event to happen. Many, many, many thousands of us have had unscheduled things to happen just in these last few days. But you know what? God saw this before it ever happened. So I know that God's bringing us through. And I know many people that will call on God during these troubled times that don't have insurance, If they'll believe God somehow, supernaturally. God will make a way. Well... When uh, Elisha would tell the king, the king would tell the the soldiers, don't go that way, go a different direction. This happened over and over again. So finally the king called his army in and he said, I've got somebody that's in in my group that's telling uh, my secrets, that's telling what I'm thinking about in my bedroom. And, and who are you? Who, who's betraying me? Who Who's who's working against me? Who Who is trying to destroy our army? And one spoke up and said, Sir, there's no one here that's trying to hurt or harm you or tell our secrets, but there's a man, a prophet of God, by the name of Elisha. Oh, let, Before I finish the story, God said, Believe in his prophets, and so shall he prophesy. Believe in his prophets and so shall you prosper. Folks, prophets have been speaking about this day and it's not going to stay this way. They've been speaking about, I'm not a prophet and I've never claimed to be. I'm an exhorter. I'm an encourager. I'm a person that inspires you to rise up and get beyond. But many people, those that are called with the prophetic anointing to speak about the future, many have spoken that this whole thing that Satan has brought against the United States of America, that it's going to be reversed. How? In in my mind, it's impossible. Maybe in your mind, it's impossible, but not in the mind of God. Satan's demons and cohorts are out there just working everywhere, confusing and and darkening the minds. Many people have given up. Many people have just said, okay, this is what it is. We might as well accept it. It's not what it is. It's not, we might, no, we should not just accept it. We should accept God's word. Remember I read his word is forever settled in heaven. So we might have settled it in our heart. And, and and let me tell you something. Psalms 119 verse 105. He said, I'll be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. I want to say it again. Psalms 119, 105. I'll be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. So I see. I see every day. I see that lamp to my feet. I see the light. So I see now and I see the future. I see now and I see the future. I want to say it the third time because I really want you to get this. I You're a lamp to my feet. Right now, I can see. I can see right now where I am. And then I have the light to show me the way. I have the light to show me the way. God will always show you the way through his prophets. He said, I'll do nothing unless I reveal it to my servants, the prophets. So the prophets have already spoken that this thing somehow is going to be reversed. Again, it's impossible in my mind and in in the minds of the people that's done all of this fraud and all the wrong, but it's not impossible with God. All things are possible to them that will believe. So I want to encourage you in this story. God, in this story, God, it's not just a story, it was a happening. God was speaking to Elisha the secret things that the king was speaking to his people and even in his bedroom. But you know what? When he said, who is doing this? One man said, well, there's a man by the name of Elisha. He's a prophet. God reveals to him what you say and what you plan. He said, well, I want to conquer this man. Where is he? They said, he's in Dothan. He said, okay. And look, look, He sent horses and chariots and you know we don't know but it it appears here from the scripture there must have been thousands of men that went into this army to get one man. Thousands, if it wasn't thousands, if it was hundreds. Just think about it. All the horses and the chariots, to get one man, just to get one man. Look at this story. Listen how God moved. Just like so many people think they've got this thing under control. The Bible told the man, he told the children, he told the servant, there's more that be with us than be with them. All these horses and all these chariots went to conquer uh, Elisha and so when the servant got up that morning he looked out on the hill and as he looked out on the hill there were all of these horses and chariots so he went back in to the man of god and he told him the scripture that i just read and and Elisha said Open, oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. So God just sent his angels right there so that that uh, uh, servant could see. And that's what I'm praying right now. See, it looks like we're outnumbered. It looks like it's over. It looks like it's all done. And we have to put up with four years of what we're, we, we've we got right now. Uh, but I'm telling you. I'm telling you, and I know I'm way out here, and I know some people think, well, pastor, you're really treading on, on uh, and deep water. Well, I'm telling you, I'm believing what the Bible says more than what I've seen, more than what I hear, more than what they put on television. And I just want to tell you something. I, I want to say something, and I want to be just, just as soft as I can, but just as Strengthful as I can be with power. The media is, is dark. The media is cold, controlled by darkness. The media is controlled by evil. And they're just trying to put fear and poison in your mind. This is what we must keep in front of us. The word of God, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. And I think of this scripture and this situation that I'm talking about here from uh, from the Chronicles, 2 Kings it is, chapter six. And, and, and when Elisha went out, here were all these men to arrest him, take him into captivity. You know what he did? <clears throat> he just turned them blind. He just spoke and they all became blind. And then he took them and let them, he said, you're in the wrong place. He took them to another place. And then he said, open their eyes that they might see. You know, God's in control of every situation. Now, here's the thing. Many people won't let God. They they won't allow God to control the situation. They try to control everything. And see, the people right now that's trying to control without God, they're not going to stand against it. You know, many times we do run out of options. We run out of options, and we don't know which way to turn. We don't know which way to turn. Uh, let me see if I can find this scripture that says that real quickly. Um, I'm not sure exactly. Um, I was going to read this whole thing here, but it's really too much to, to, to read. And it's said here that they, the, uh, w- when there was famine in Syria, uh, among Samaria, when there was a famine there, they didn't know what to do but the prophet once again and he said it won't be tomorrow things won't be this way tomorrow he said to the king he said you'll see it but you won't get to partake of it Well, God moved and supplied the need because there was four lepers there was four lepers that they had no hope they were dying where they were and they said why sit here till we die if we go here we go there well they went running and, and what happened? It caused the army to fear the fear that they, it, God made it sound like horses, God made it sound like chariots, and they ran away, and then there was all the food they needed. Nobody knew that that could happen that way. Nobody knew how it could be changed. So I'm saying to you right now, your situation is the same, your personal situation. Whatever your personal situations are, don't let your personal situations be so big that you can't see through them. Open your eyes and see through the Word of God. See through the Word of God. Everybody just say, I'm going to learn to see through the Word of God. Well, you see, when we run out of options, when we run out of options, many people that 's when they turn to God, but we need to turn to God before we run out of options and see, the more opportunities people have in the natural, the less they t- trust God. I want to close with these thoughts: the more opportunities people have in the natural, the less they trust God. see When you're out of options, many people, that's when they start running to God. Well, that's what God's saying to this nation of the United States of America right now. Personally, and how I look at it, not being a politician, and even many of the politicians and many of the people in government that were there and now they're uh, pushed away, we're out of options, but we're not out of opportunities. We don't have any options. They say it's done. They say it's over. You may be that way in, in your personal life. You may be out of options. And, and I say this. You know, as I've looked back in the ministry, of all the years I've been in the ministry, I've watched people over and over again when they didn't have anything, but as, they would be tithers, they would be givers. But once they get opportunities and get things, then they start coming to church less. They stop giving they stop tithing because they now have opportunities in the natural, and they don't think they need God. It makes no difference how much money you got; you need God. And to you, I say this to you in love: you that fear to tithe, you that are limited in your your budget, and you feel like I just can't afford to tithe. You know. I want to ask God, I want you to ask God, open our eyes and show us how we can do this. Open our eyes and show us how we can do this. You know, it hurts me. It hurts me when I see people that I love, people that come to our church, people that watch me, never tithe. Why does it hurt me? Not because they're not given into our ministry, because God always provides, whether you personally ever send us a dime, whether you ever send us a penny, my, my trust is not in you. And I'm not saying this to get you to send us some money. But what I am saying is it hurts me and it hurts the heart of God. When you say you love him, when you say you trust him, when you say you believe in him, when you pray to him, but yet you won't, give him his 10% back. Now, I'm not rebuking you. I'm loving on you right here, but I'm speak, speaking straight to you. Why is it right for a few Christians to tithe and the rest get the benefit of it? Now, I want you to hear me today. I, I, I'm not beating up on anybody or talking down to you. You that do not tithe and you say you love the Lord. There's there's something wrong with this equation here. If I told my wife and my family I loved them and then kept everything to myself and didn't share with them, what kind of a father-husband would I be if I didn't take what I have and give to them? Well, see, when you don't tithe, when you don't tithe, you're saying to God, I want all of your blessings, but I don't want to show you any gratitude. I don't want to show you anything. But yet you ask and you pray and you do all this praying and asking God to meet your need, but yet you hold on to that 10%. And maybe don't even give an offering. You know, we've got thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people that watch us. But you know the people that give to us, and help back and send tithe. So far it's just like this. It's just like this. Why? Because people want to hear. They want the blessings. They want to know what to do. But the Bible said. Don't be hearers only. Don't be hearers only. But be doers of the word. So I'm, I'm, i take taken quite a bit of time. To explain this story to you. Of how God moved for Elisha and the servant and for the children of Israel. God moved for them. Well, I'm saying to you, God's the same God who's going to move in our nation and he'll move in your personal situation. But you that are afraid to tithe, you that are selfish maybe, maybe selfish, I don't know, but you, you just can't release that ten percent because your ten percent may only be ten dollars. Your ten percent may be twenty dollars. Maybe you get fifteen hundred a month income from Social Security or something, and you say, uh, "I can't send a hundred and fifty. My budget is so short." Well. I am praying that God will open your eyes, that you can see that you're listening to doubt, you're listening to believe, and you're not letting perfect love control you. You're 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 letting fear in, and you're not you're not letting perfect love come. See, the Bible said, "Perfect love cast out fear." Just pray for the love of God, and when you do, you know, just just start somewhere of tithing, start somewhere of giving. Don't don't be a, don't be one of those that lives selfish, selfishly. You say, "Well, I'm not being selfish. I just got a minimum amount of money." Well, you know what? It's it's not the amount that that you get in. It's the ten percent. Everybody, God put everybody on the same same schedule on on the same uh, thing of ten percent. God just said, "Everyone give ten percent." So. I'm not trying, again, right now, to get you to send money to me. I'm not asking. Now, if you want to, that's good. But the main thing I'm wanting you is to see beyond the problem. Because if you're sitting there or standing there, whatever you're doing and you're listening to me, if 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 you are a believer, if you are a believer and you don't tithe, how can you take everything else in God's Word and then leave this part out and expect God to bring you through. I pray that God will open your eyes and you will see the truth. And no matter what amount your tithes may be, whether they're $40, whether they're $30, whether they're $10, that you'll see that God said in his word, if you will not rob me, but you will give tithes and offerings, I'll open the windows of heaven and I'll rebuke the devourer. See. The people here in Texas and in the other places where catastrophes have come and where these unscheduled events come, when tithers are affected by this, we are a tither and we're affected by this, but you know what? God will bring us through and you watch and see When you see our new renovation and our new remodel of what we do after what Satan has done, the money will come one way or the other, whether insurance has anything to do with it. God will supply our needs, and you're going to be surprised at how God gave us more. The devil meant for harm. We are tithers. Our church, our church supports children. Our support, church supports orphans. Uh, our, our church supports uh, missionaries. And, and we send money to people to help people that's doing the work of God. And, and you know, we only have a small number in our, our chapel. My main audience is you, people that's watching around the world. And I want to encourage you, don't be selfish. But whatever it is that you're blocked, Wherever you're blocked and you can't see through, when just go to the, go I, I encourage you, go go to 2 Kings. Go to 2 Kings chapter 6. Well actually just read the whole chapter there in 2 Kings chapter 6. Read the whole chapter. I was going to read the last part of it, and it said we didn't know what to do. Well God showed them what to do. So I want to tell you, I just pray. Father, I pray right now. For every person that, are, that they have a block somewhere, whether it's tithe, whether it's giving, whether it's, it's sickness, whether it's disease, whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's an emotional situation, whether that's a divorce or maybe they've lost a loved one, there's something that's just so big, there's a mountain, they're blocked and they can't see. I pray, God, that you'll open their eyes right now. If there's a man or woman or a child, someone that's listening to me right now that is lost and undone, God, just open their eyes that they may see how much you love them. Somehow open their eyes that they may see. I pray, Holy Spirit, that there will be a breakthrough in their life. Let them see beyond where they are. Help them to reach now beyond where they are, to see beyond where they are, that their eyes seize the other side. And that person that has been in bondage or selfish and has helped the tithe, that that has eaten the tithe, help them to see the tithe is holy. You said that in your word in the Old Testament, the tithe is holy. They belong to God, they don't belong to them. Open their eyes. God, I ask you, open their eyes and help them to see that when I give my 10% or that I give God his 10%, I open the windows of heaven for God to pour out his blessings upon me. And whatever problem in the pandemic, whatever it is that's going, going through, you're going through, the Holy Spirit will, will begin to bring the angels of God to your rescue. And the angel may be a person disguised as an angel of God but it's a person you know I I met someone uh, yesterday that I didn't know uh, that that came and helped us he's a preacher he's a man of God a pastor I didn't even know it and and he came and offered us help I had no idea that he was just just a few doors down from me and uh, actually just a few walls from me. And and he came with such open arms and, and helped us and sent his his people to help us. I had no idea that that man was even existed or was alive. And he was so kind. He was so good, so gentle, and he helped us. God's got somebody near you or somewhere that will help you through the problem, that'll help you through the situation. So I'm speaking to you and I prophesy to you right now. Get over the fear. Look through the fear. Let the love of Jesus take you beyond. And whatever it is, it's holding you back. I'm trying to close. I am trying to close. I really am. But the Spirit of the Lord is rising up inside of me, and I can just see. I can just see. Someone said, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. You can do it in Jesus' name. I ask you that God will open your eyes, that you can see that God has resources everywhere. I didn't I didn't know this pastor was just four ways I mean just steps away from me. Been in that we've been together, close together for several years and I had no idea he was there. But this catastrophe, this this dilemma that we had with our church, it brought him over to mine. It brought him over to our church. And when he came over, he said, oh my God, I didn't know you were here. I said, I didn't know you were here. And he brought his his people and his equipment. And and he's offered us all, and he's helped us beyond. And now, I don't know what God's going to do in the relationship. He said, and then he began to prophesy to me. Oh my Oh my, did he begin to prophesy to me? He began to prophesy to me about the compassion that God had given me and, and the vision and how I would be speaking to people of of experienced life. He began to speak and prophesy and, and he didn't even know what I was doing, but he began to prophesy. I'm telling you something good is happening. Open your eyes, open your eyes and see through the Holy Spirit, see through the Word of God. Don't see through your circumstances or, or let the circumstances be what you're living, your life through. Live your life through the Word of God. And and I'm telling you, I'm really excited. I don't know what God's going to do with this gentleman that I just met. Uh, he speaks Korean. He's an American gentleman. He speaks Korean. He writes Korean. He reads Korean. And, and he's ministering to Korean people. And and he, he said, I want to partner with you. I want to be a part of you. God is connecting us for a reason. Here we've been there all this time together. There's people that's close to you right now. There's things going on that God can put together for you right now if you can hear what I'm saying. Now, I don't want to be redundant. I know I've said this several times, but I'm so excited about what God is doing that I always see beyond the problem. I always see beyond what's going on. I always see the hand of God saying, I'm over here and I'm taking you through. I've got in your footsteps. You're not going to stay hurt. You're not going to stay weary. And and in the cold, I knew we wouldn't stay cold. I knew the cold would pass. Now it's warmer. Now the snow is melting. And now we can get back to normal life and we can get back to rebuilding. Open their eyes, Lord, that they may see. Well, I want to pray for those that have never accepted Jesus. And then this is the finish. Father, I pray. For that man, that woman, that child, that teenager, that they're away from you. Pray this prayer with me right now. Dear Lord, I come to you now. I believe that you hear me as I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Open my eyes, Lord, that I might see. Help me today, Lord, not to be afraid. Not to let my past overshadow me. But let me see into the future. Let me see how you will bless me. Let me see how you will help me walk by faith. How you will open the windows of heaven for me. As I serve you. As I become a tither. As I become a giver. Jesus, I make you Lord of my life today. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. I love you.